A Saturday. Hi. Type this up to present a full breadth of what happened on Saturday. Probably far more than you need to know but I felt like writing today, so this is what happened, why it happened, how it felt, where it went. Everything that I want to share about the day. Apologies for the length, retracted for my own restitution. Okay here goes. At some point in most of my few intermittent friendships, there's comes a moment where I overstay an invite and or plan with the people involved and we get to talking some heavy shit. It could be a late night on the couch or in their car. Sometimes it's because of what we did that day or something that's on their mind going forward. I absolutely live for these moments. Friend, who we will call Jay, and his wife and I had that a few months ago and it could have gone one of two ways. They could have either never talked to me again or we become even closer friends because that's kind of the first glimpse at who we all really are, you know? Anyway. So the second thing ended up happening. Hashtag relief hashtag this can be gut hashtag no more hashtags. As such, we've been spending more quality time together between my school stuff and other responsibilities and during these sessions, a lot of previous preclusions and appearances were overcome. While I don't absolutely adore everything that we do together, I do it because I figure that it's more beneficial for them to do this with me than without. In all honesty, it's something I pride myself on, finding out what people are really feeling slash doing and making sure they feel safe getting it out etc etc late night conversations turn into future invites, hesitant wishes turn into future plans, doubts turn into goals that we want to reach for and achieve. Fast forward to where I get a really late night messenger reminder from Jay's wife, we will call her A, A, asking if I was doing anything this weekend. My typical default response of yeah I have school and stuff was presented but I still asked what's up, right? Just to keep things level. She reminded me of a link she had sent a long time ago about some anime convention at the Jack's Fairgrounds that was running from Friday to Sunday and if I wanted to go with her. Me, being a pretentious math boy and notorious outing denier, quickly calculated the parabolic line curve of happiness to cost ratio if I chose not to go. Y'all know I'm not the biggest fan of tangentially adoring any mainstream indulgent arts. Regardless, I know Jay isn't the biggest fan of going to any type of mindless money-wasting event with A, aimlessly wandering around at things that have the expectation of spending enormous amounts of time slash money when he could rather be at home. I don't know how marriages are, but I know how people are and the ship has sailed. However, I do know that if I choose to go with A, Jay will have a better time because that's the character that I would play when accompanying them. He'd have someone else besides A to interact with, I would have someone to teach all the subtleties and exciting things too, etc etc y'all get the point. Said okay, let's do it because being affirmative is attractive. She sends me a link to the ticket options and stuff, and it's not horrible but it's kinda shifty. The ticket prices, sent to me on a Thursday night for the event happening Friday slash Saturday slash Sunday, were broken up by how many days you'd like to go, the VIP passes slash autograph slash picture level of stuff you wanted to get and of course, how many people were going. Math Boy emerged again and I figured the cheapest option, since we had zero clue of how big or encompassing the event would be to get the three-day option because even though Jay and I worked on Friday, maybe A would find some value in scoping the place out beforehand or maybe if we missed something on Saturday, the day we actually planned on going, she would have the opportunity to return on Sunday. Whatever. It was cheaper to get all three days instead of just one and lament the fact that we missed something. Suddenly, I see that there's this package option where if you get four people to go, the three-day ticket gets even cheaper. Of course, I immediately ask A if there's anyone else she'd like to invite and she replies with well, maybe Jay's sister might want to go. Immediately, I'm hesitant now. The stuff I've heard about Jay's sister, we will, naturally, call her Kay, was dubious at best. I've been told Kay is very abrasive, strange, flippant, vapid, into arcane arts, demonic stuff, 
trauma-causing, mean, inconsiderate, financially selfish, and very incompatible with how I would like her life to run. That's to say that whenever J, A and K interact, A and K do not get along. But not in a direct, confrontational way, more of a familial, internalizing aggression and begrudgingly seething kind of way and I was very uncertain if this was going to be a good call. Mostly because I was the one here who seemed out of place. An anime convention where allegedly this K person is going to be a wrecking ball of patience and posterity while me, being as woefully nervous about meeting new people in the first place, surrounded by God knows what type people I'm trying to navigate through their feelings slash emotions during a paid-for event that may eventually being a really really disastrous affair? Boy oh boy. Furthermore, J and K apparently get along fine but that's because he's her older brother and I'm 99% sure he's more acclimated to her by being as emotionally distant as he is. Lastly I had never met K before. Will I have to change who I'm when around her? What's the new group dynamic with J and A around me, S, when K is around? Questions, questions. Part of me has this really dangerous inclination to take the most dangerous slash questionable path when faced with a choice. Kinda like I seek out chaotic challenges to prove to myself that I'm capable of living through them. Worst case scenario, I die, win, or I somehow survive through it and it's something I can write about slash remember upon during more mediocre times. Invite her, see what she's about. Maybe if she's really mean to you, it'll give you exactly the motivation you need to get your fucking life together. Maybe she and A get into a fight and you get to see, finally, how J would compose himself in a dire situation where being emotionally unavailable simply isn't an option. Regardless, not being one to rain on A's excitement at this point, I'm like sure if she's down to come, the ticket prices drop drastically, and it might be more fun for you since she's more into this stuff than I am. Ascends K the deets on her end and does not get anything back so we make a few options. We're gonna go regardless, but depending on whether K comes, we might do breakfast, meet up there, etc etc we are happy with our options, Jay texts me silently on the side thanking me for agreeing to go and they fall asleep. I stay up all night because that's what I do. FF to Friday morning and A texts me and says that K is ready, willing, and eager to go. Yay I say. Oh god why I feel. We make final plans. Saturday morning, I will drive across town to be at their place at 7am in the, am. J and A will either already be ready, or as I predict, they will wake up to me ringing their doorbell and then will proceed to get ready, wait for K to get there and then we all get into the happy mobile, A's car, and head to breakfast before the day's activities truly begin. We will go to Kiki's breakfast cafe after K arrives, hopefully around 7.40, because I will not let the memories of good times with Amber die. Then onwards to the anime convention which apparently opens at 10am but no one told us that, so we'll circle back to that later. That was the plan at least. We buy our tickets and A sends me the QR codes to get in. I see my name on the ticket and heart rate immediately goes up seeing it's so official and whatnot. In the future, if they ever run a query on anime-interested individuals to round up and ship off, my name will be on that list. Heavybreathing.exe I spent the majority of my Friday pushing off any thoughts about Saturday because I was nervous about the whole thing. Worked to an annoying extent, not really caring about what I was going to wear the next day how I was going to act etc. I felt my face breaking out and this migraine started. Naturally I tried to go to sleep, 2pm, to remedy that and by the time I came to, there was no sleep left for the night. All in all, I was straight up not having a good time, yo. I wonder if K is good at boxing in case we need to fight at some point the next day. That leads me to think about the word footwork. I open the Nike app and order two new sneakers. Brings me no joy. I close the app. I look outside and it's dreary AF. I miss the sweet summers of my childhood.
I text my mower and tell him I miss him. He does not respond. Anyway. I did not sleep that night. I tried a lot of legal things. I know I have to get ready around 5.30 a.m. to head over to their place by 6.30 a.m. to be able to knock on their door at 7 a.m. where I will probably be let in by 7.10 a.m. I text A. Hey if I get there early, can I pass out on your couch as you get ready? She replies back will be ready, I'm getting up at 7. I mutter yeah fucking right and re-ask my couch question. I like their couch. It's dark gray, supportive, stationary. Everything organisms should aspire to be. She replies lol of course. I think to myself, yes. If nothing else I get some cool points as I get to pose artistically asleep on the couch where they will find me and be so happy to have me as a friend. I'm most attractive when I'm unconscious. As I think this, I look at the clock. 8.02 PM. Fucking great. FF to 5.30 AM and my alarm rings. It rings for as long as I'm in the shower since I got up long before that shit went off and I forgot to turn it off. Annoyances. I look outside. Wow it's fucking midnight, who the hell does shit like this on a Saturday? Doubts. I head back to my closet and remind myself about the existence of the concept of laundry. Self-loathing. I grab some drab battle gear for the day, dark grey jeans, rolled up at the ankle. Black, brandless undershirt, navy blue slash white hoodie for a little pizzazz, black apple watch band with navy face coloring, black ankle socks with red accents, put on some lotion, mild spritz of cologne, wonder if I should bring a hat and a mask, covid style, not anime, decide against it, grab my keys, put on my navy blue pumas, tell Siri to bury all my things with me in case I die and she gets the house ready to lock down while I'm gone. I head out the door with my water bottle, iPad mini, wallet, airpods and phone. I hear the UFC announcer in the back of my head. It's time to Saturday. I drive the mostly empty roads of Blanding, 295, south side and more as it's still dark and the sun hasn't woken up yet. It's raining very heavily and the few cars that are on the road ahead of me aren't there for very long as I pass them to avoid the splashback of the road water to my windshield. It's peaceful. I listen to songs that I grew up with, they provide me the most comfort during reluctant times. I harmonize with some instrumentals because they afford me a lot of leeway while providing structure. Contrast. I think to myself of what ebook I should download using A's Wi-Fi while they get ready so I don't despise myself for not getting some intellectual stimulation during the rest of the day's affairs. I decide not to speed more than 30 miles per hour over the limit. As I near A's place, I raise the stakes, bump the bass, and misplace my fac, sorry. I send her a terse text message that I'm near and request to let me in. I grab the stuff I need, park in their driveway, head to the door which auto-unlocks, and I let myself in. I greet my dogson and scritch the head of the murderous, beautiful cat boy as he begs me for food. Relax you fat fuck, I think to myself. I'm hungry too. A and J are nowhere in sight, but I see the lights on underneath their bedroom door so I'm not worried. I find their magnanimous couch and am relieved to see it in the exact same place I saw it last time. Consistency. Thank you for being in my life, couch. You mean a lot to me. I look at the time on my iPad mini. 7.04 AM. I park myself carefully upon my throne and immediately open up YouTube out of habit. I find an hour-long lecture seminar on the James Webb Telescope hosted by the Smithsonian Air and Space Peeps, cast it to their TV, freak the fuck out when I find out their speaker system was on max volume and nearly murder their cat trying to find the remote to turn it down. In a few seconds, volume is back to normal, and the neighbors are no longer ready to call Homeland. I download a few books on my iPad and keep petting the doggo who has also decided to embrace the goodness of the benevolent couch next to me. 
I absentmindedly listen to the space video for a while before I decide to get some shut eye. I'm wide awake, of course, but I pull a couch pillow to my chest, lean back, and pull my hoodie over my eyes and just listen. The contents of the video are fascinating. The speakers are humorous, kind, very passionate and reflective. They spoke with such reverence of the human spirit and where we stand in this vast unknown that we are so desperately seeking answers from, hopefulness, but with levity and sincere emotion. Maybe today won't be so bad. I hear Jay come out of the room and observe my seemingly lifeless body. He tries to cough slash clear his throat and I don't respond, shout out to Mr. Patrick Stewart. He accepts what he sees, and I hear him get some fish food from the cabinet to feed the fishes slash snails in the aquarium behind my obnoxiously overburdened, yet masterfully hooded head. He bops it twice, intentionally, as he feeds the fish. I do not move. I hear him eventually move to the front of the couch alongside me watching the TV and listening about how the 18 mirrors on the telescope were polished so expertly, so deftly that if the mirrors were the size of the United States, the deviation on the surface would be 3 inches in total. No rocky mountains or grand canyons. 3 inches. I can almost hear him widen his eyes in surprise. Eventually he returns to the bedroom too, I assume, continue getting ready as I have proven that I'm not in need of company slash anything for the time being being asleep and listening to science and all. He had the wherewithal to not turn off the video. The doggo is still next to me after refusing to leave even after Jay told him to not bother me. I wait for longer. I never comes out of the room. About 30 minutes go by and I'm still resting my eyes on the couch when I hear the doorbell ring and doggo boy bounds up to go bark at the door. It's here. She's here. Kay has arrived. Being fake asleep gives me a few advantages. Doing so, I don't need to interact with people until we actually get a move on, which saves me very important extrovert energy. I get to see, daredevil style, what people do when I'm not involved, but in the vicinity. Their hesitations while unsupervised tell me more about their intentions than their actions while observed. I hear Jay emerge from his room again to let her in and she enters. I use every ounce of my ability to try and visualize what I hear. If this demon is dangerous, I will at least be prepared with the right arsenal for when we do interact. It just won't now because. Well, I'm dead. She enters with a very light step, I only ever heard the impact of footsteps of Jay of his socked feet on the tiles throughout the house. She has a light, clear, enunciated voice that does not hold back any of the Spanish accent she naturally converses in. I hear them hug, the movement of a small bag on a chain, no compression of jacket or outer covering. On a day as cold as today will be? I think to myself. There's absolutely zero animosity between Jay and Kay. I hear genuineness, the familial introduction of this is my friend S, he's asleep, to which she says, I see that, and then I hear the placing of her stuff on the countertop while immediately filling Jay in on her seemingly out of the blue trip to see their oldest brother in Orlando. Jay brings up the fact that he, the most immediate brother was not invited to which A is very upset etc. K acknowledges and keeps needing that not. She stays on topic, focused mind. Surprise, shock, slights and smiles later. I hear her baby talk to the doggo and the cat and ask where A is. Jay tells her that she's still getting ready and plops himself down next to my still sleeping self and steals doggo boy to himself who had returned to my side after saying hi to Kay. Jay opens the back door to take doggo boy out for his first release of the day. Kay apparently doesn't notice or doesn't think they left. She comes to the aquarium for a while and looks inside. Why are these three snails stacked on top of each other? She asks, loudly. Either she's trying to wake me up or knows I'm not really asleep, or third option. Doesn't know slash care about me at all. I hear Jay from outside on his way back they either fucking or playing Jenga, 
I don't know. K doesn't giggle or laugh audibly. Huh. No fake affable laughs then. She comments near silently to herself on the really fast red fish that we have all lovingly started to call the flash and then I hear her regular voice again from the other side of the countertop talking about some anime that Jay absolutely has to watch as soon as humanly possible. Jay says something about how he hasn't had time yet because of the fence he still needs to build and sits next to me again. They talk back and forth about the fence project, and I just take in their rapport and general vibe. Once again, no animosity, zero hindrances. Just two people who like each other talking about stuff about each other. A calls out from the bedroom do I wear black pants with pockets or these cute pink tights that matches. I have to stop myself from joining the other two as they, in unison, reply back with black with pockets. I yells back okay, I thought so. She asks from behind the closed door K, did you talk to Gigi and made sure she doesn't want to come? K replies that it would have been too early slash too costly for her to go too, and A amicably agrees. So, A is obviously cool with her, at least initially. What the deuce? It goes on for a while and just as I get to wondering what time it is, I hear K, quieter to J, so. What's on the TV? J responds oh, that's something S put on after hacking into my network. Something about space telescopes, it's science stuff but it's actually really cool. She pipes up with oh wow, that's the James Webb. I heard about that going up. Interesting that she's informed but not invested, I think to myself. Things get quiet for a while as the three of us just continue to listen to the lecture. Speaker brings up another very interesting point about how gases in space and resolution of the pictures that contain them is such an intricate and rewarding process for scientists slash mankind and Jay can't help himself but go huh. That's cool. It's at this point that I decide to drop the charade and bring my hands up to rub my eyes and exude yeah man, it's pretty fucking cool. The bedroom door opens at the same time, and I hear A come out, finally. Jingle of bag chains, tapping of acrylic nails on the back of her sparkling plastic iPhone case, the swish of long, straightened hair on the back of a nylon hooded rain jacket. She's ready to go. I open my eyes as I lean forward, still hooded and immediately grab my iPad mini which has been resting to the right of me on the benignant couch for 40 minutes thus far. I never look up, but I see the bottom half of A rush hurriedly towards me and successfully, thankfully, predict that it's for a hug. I reach out with my non-iPad arm and bring her close and say good morning, yo. Ready? She affirms and I let her go. I would not have let her go if she said almost or something non-determinate. Anywho. I'm still looking at the ground with my hood on, but I motion to my left to Jay and repeat the question to him. He's good, and I know it's time. I grab the remote again and turn off the TV, I stand up and head straight for my water bottle that I had left on the countertop and see some new stuff next to it. Keys to a Honda, small messenger style purse, a smaller green water bottle emblazoned with what I assume to be a Naruto logo and a chew toy that was apparently just retrieved from my dogson. Keeping with the flow of things, I still focus strictly on whatever it is I'm doing, never once looking up at any of the three compatriots of the day and ask, Hi Kay, how are you? Kay replies with an energetic and respectful I'm good. How are you? Jay, who assumed I was still owed an introduction since I was asleep said so this is my sister, Kay, Kay, this is one of my best friends, S, and Kay appends that with oh I know, I've heard quite a bit. We finally look at each other. She was smaller than I had anticipated, had a far more youthful and optimistic face than I was expecting based on all I had heard about her. Short, auburn brown hair, brown hazel eyes, tiny shamrock-shaped earrings, simple gold necklace, short-sleeved black shirt with some ramen company logo on it, no clue if real or anime reference, with a long-sleeved white undershirt, 
olive green fleece pants all paired with a strange, obnoxiously colored sneaker set that looked like a teenage mutant ninja turtle got turned into a shoe. Purple laces, completely against the rest of the outfit although the contrast against the olive green was something I would have absolutely gone for if I lived that life. There's an intent here. Interest peaked and I felt weird about everything I had heard so far. Nothing matched up with expectations. She was painting her own portrait of who she was to me, and I immediately regretted taking any of the predetermined expectations to any rational thought. And worse more, to have been so damn anxious about the day because of her joining along. She was family, after all. And perhaps people write slash divulge more about something that's innocuous because feelings are a bit more volatile than facts. Who would have ever thought? We pile into A's car, a rather rotund white Audi Q5 as we prepare to back out the garage into this maelstrom of a tropical storm that decided to grace us on this Saturday. A in driver's seat, J in the front passenger seat, me directly behind the driver and K next to me. I bring my own car keys, car left in their driveway, of course, my water bottle, iPad mini in my hand, rest of belongings in my pockets. K settles in with her belongings and just as the garage door opens, I ask Jay if he was planning on bringing a jacket at all with him for the day. A immediately goes into wife mode and gets upset that he should go find his jacket. He gets out of the car as she tells him to bring another black outerwear for her and he patters off back into the house to go, unsuccessfully, find it. Kay and I look at each other and we both kinda smile at what we predicted would happen next. Jay comes back with his jacket, and two other hoodies in hand, neither of them are black. A size the hugest of all size and gets out the car to go look for the stuff herself. Jay does the male thing wears satin because he's useless but is grateful to no longer be part of some fruitless scavenger hunt as he joins us back in the car. So S. Did you know that Kay is super into music like you are? She's the interesting one in the family, plays the piano and stuff, loves to listen to the kind of stuff you play in our car all the time. Being who I am, I sarcastically reply with oh wow she likes music, how absolutely unique and remarkable. I haven't met anyone who liked music like me before, fully expecting them both to hate me from then onwards for responding like that, but Kay goes please don't get me started on how boring A and J's music tastes are. They never know what I'm talking about, which was not the response I was expecting. Jay agrees vehemently for some reason, in this strange yet supportive self-aware push to continue this conversation. I decide not to delve into specifics, but I reiterate, non-sarcastically this time, that music is one of the dopest things around, to which Kay immediately starts talking about how excited she was to create this new 600-song playlist of her favorites this past week. A returns to the car and has the correct hoodies this time, tosses one to Kay, asks for it back, tosses the other one to Kay and we pause our music conversation to make sure that A, when she finally starts backing out the garage, doesn't rear front end my car on the way out. It starts raining harder. We are on our way to Kiki's at long last, 8.04am. Understandably, roads are wet, visibility is low, and town center is mostly empty. I ask about Kiki's hours and everyone reasons that while they open at 7, it shouldn't be packed at all due to how early it is, how Saturday it is, how rainy it is, etc. We all giggle at the inevitable yeah, what kind of weirdos would be out and about on a day like today, and things are going well. We get to the parking lot in front of Kiki's, and I find it very easy to hop in and out of conversation flows with the other three. It doesn't feel forced, the topics are not boring, nor do I feel some weird pressure to impress slash condescend on anything being discussed. We get seated and I push the table towards the ladies so me and Jay are not suffocating on our end. They talk about family drama, 
we observe the giant paintings on the wall that reference the menu items, we laugh and enjoy the home fries, misheard order of turkey bacon for turkey sausage, waffles, strawberry slash blueberries on buttermilk pancakes and the typical Greek omelette with hot sauce and feta cheese that I order. We all went with water. We talk about how we won't necessarily have food during the convention, that's what this is all about, if you forgot, so we should eat well now and then maybe plan something for lunch late. Kay turns out to be very measured in how she phrases things, A seems to be happy to be in company around us, Jay is joshing with me as usual and our waiter, named Sonata, took my side when I demanded that it was all to be on one check and that I'd pay. Everyone thanked me profusely, I refused to acknowledge that anything special was done at all etc etc all in all, a delicious and satisfying breakfast trip. We miss you tremendously, Amber. We pile back into the car while it's still torrentially downpouring and everyone thanks me for the reminder about protective outerwear. We set the GPS coordinates to the Jack's fairgrounds and A turns up some house music that's alarmingly loud in the front while being more muted in the back. A finds this peculiar and strange and asks Jay if he changed the sound system settings. He grumbles and says that he did because there's no reason for music to play in the back if he's the only one in the car in the front. K and I giggle, but don't audibly agree. As A tries to change the music settings while driving to something more all-encompassing, I take out the iPad mini and try and determine where exactly we will park when we get to this mythical place. Kay asks me what I'm doing and I tell her. She leans over and brainstorms with me while A and J are continuing to argue in the front. We take the gate parkway on ramp to Butler West to head downtown. As the music volume gets more and more balanced, we promise A that we will help her get to where we need to go as she's notorious for doing exactly the opposite of whatever the GPS tells her to. Finally the music levels are playing full blast in the backseat and A asks if it sounds good back here. As I switch the app on my iPad from Maps to my Apple Books, I pull out my noise-canceling AirPods with one hand and put it in. It sounds fantastic A, thanks. Kay catches me doing so and we share a laugh. After four near misses for exits, eight complaints about bridges and even more confirmations of please just keep going straight, you're good, we do approximately two rotations around the fairgrounds before A makes the correct turn into the lot. Everything is underwater, but people are out there with tents and raincoats, so we assume that things are still a go. Jay pulls out the wallet to get $10 cash to park, we find a nice spot under this giant oak tree, head out and follow a few other people into the main building, hopscotching across the pond puddles, trying to save which seemed far smaller than any of the photos slash event description led us to believe. We head inside and I immediately see someone I know from high school. Panic. I decide to stop all that found out that I can turn off my anxiety. Wow. We walk up to the line, I greet her, say that these are my friends etc and she places a yellow wristband on me that affirms that we are general, regular peasants come to enjoy the convention. We all get one and are reminded that we can leave and come back but only if the wristband stays on. Word. We get into a line and quickly are reminded that we are early. We have to wait approximately 30 minutes before we are let in as the vendors set up their booths, the guest speakers arrive, and the panels are set up. We find cosplayers and supplies being fed in through the doors intermittently. We point out characters we know, I bring up the fact that I will leave immediately if I see more than three people that I recognize so as to save my reputation, and just do regular sheeple waiting activities. These include, but are not limited to, patty cake playing, thumb wars, resting your full body weight on the person nearest you while they try to hold you up, picking and cleaning random pet hair from our external wear like those monkeys do and of course, other sheeple watching. Security guard dude decides to be kind so at 9.45am, 15 minutes from the start of the wait and 15 minutes from when the wait was supposed to end, he lets the line go in. 
We head into the place and are immediately greeted by rows upon rows of makeshift booths with so much anime-slash-nerd merchandise that it's a little unsettling at first. We decide on a clockwise first for outer ring, then more comprehensive linear search pattern for inner rows method which fails immediately as A heads directly to the Funko Pop booth to our right. We follow and the day begins. Funkos, Nendoroids, graphic printed shirts, anime models and cosplayers, remarkably sociable vendors and booth sellers telling us about their crafts, pins, creations, and causes. We saw people selling swords, not real ones, but still priced as such, jewelry, crochet, statues, comics and so much more. The tables on the outside were set up with the main guests, people who voiced and acted in a lot of big-name animations and movies. People like Emily Swallow, who played the Mandalorian Smith Lady in S1, Sam Witwer who played and voiced Darth Maul and others in Star Wars shows, Matthew Wood, who voiced General Grievous, Jackson Robert Scott, the Lil Baby Brother actor who got taken into the drain by Pennywise in the movie IT, Yuri Lowenthal, voice of PS4 Spoder Boy, Sasuke from Naruto, Austin St. John who played Red Ranger in the OG Power Rangers show, Sam De La Rosa who is a world-renowned artist and comic book illustrator for Venom. Etc. The four of us walked around, admiring, scoffing at, casually perusing all of it, I was surprisingly calm to see majority of people walking around without masks and yet. Comfortable. It felt so unlike anything in the past three years that I actually found myself enjoying being out and about surrounded by people who are unashamedly passionate about the stuff they enjoyed. All in all, the few hours that we spent there, reportedly far less than I expected, Jay and I came close to buying replicas of Onderiel, Sting, the Geralt's and Siri sword and the two chained hand axes that Kratos uses from God of War. After we decided not to spend $400 for something that would hang on our wall uselessly while the murderers who home invaded us would laugh at as they bashed our heads in, I decided she wanted a Legend of Zelda sword replica that came with a sheath. Jay and I were like well if we're getting the sword, we might as well get the ones we want since we get a discount, and then we went back and forth about how I'm the only one out of the four of us who actually know how to sword play and how A isn't technically even strong enough to hold up the sword if the sword sheath matches the molding in the living room or dining room better and whether or not the hand axes were the right shade of silver for the pointy part of the blade. We got out our wallets, Jay and I locked eyes again and said somehow found the strength to tell A that we'd come back another day for them when we were all properly trained in sword art and warfare. K helped by distracting and showing her more Funko Pops in an adjacent booth. Shit worked alarmingly well. Eventually, the three of them got posters, small art placards, action figure things from collectible sets that they collected and I was the only goober who hadn't bought anything yet except for the tickets, the breakfast and NVM. So now the search started for what should we buy for S, all the while I'm thinking to myself I fucking lost my car keys around this place somewhere because they're not in my pocket nor are they in my hand. What am I going to do, I can't live with these people forever. We walk around some more, Kay and I take the opportunity to go to the more eccentric art pieces and somehow we vibing over the same stuff. I ask her about her preferred art styles and whether she finds them pleasing in just an aesthetic way or if there are some layers to the art she appreciates. Past my interrogation tactics with flying colors. A and J find us and I settle on a poster that would be free if the three of them pick a poster that they want and someone pays for two of them. We spend some time choosing four posters, I secretly pay for it and everyone is satisfied that our time there spent was finally complete. We choose to walk back towards the entrance after verifying with A that she was good slash happy slash satisfied since this was mostly for her. Seeing her smile once when we first enter the place and then again when we confirm that we did everything we wanted to do was worth all the eccentricities of being affiliated with other humans. Happiness. Bad news was, we walked outside and saw even more festivities taking place. Somehow, 
As if by magic, the day was completely different. The sun was shining, there wasn't a rain cloud in sight, the temperature was gorgeous albeit it being astoundingly windy with a chill. There was an outdoor concert, tricked out tuner cars with Japanese and anime wraps on display, people BB Ching and whatnot, it was a post-COVID sight to see. We headed back to the car, I remembered that I buried my keys underneath my oversized water bottle, and everyone started unwrapping slash opening their recently acquired merch. K, of course, next to me had to share the back seat in our leg room area with bags and the boxes of food we still had from Kiki's. Regardless, we all opened our stuff and if you could see the twinkling in these people's eyes. Wow. K had bought this little assemble-it-yourself toy figure of this anime called Demon Slayer, which apparently everyone loves, but as contrarian as I am, had zero clue about, and she was holding it up for me to admire it. I reached over, took it for a closer look and asked the fateful question. Do you collect a lot of these or is this like? A once every now and again thing? She beamed at the question and immediately got her phone out. Oh, Jesus Christ with mustard on a lettuce-wrapped Philistine sandwich, she's a weeb, I thought to myself. This is where she tells me that she can't afford to buy the good ramen because all the money in the bank is spent on these figures that are enshrined in her unlit, soon-to-be-foreclosed house, right? She pulls up this picture on the screen that shows me a very small bookshelf that's on the wall. One similar-looking figure holding up the books on one side, a small succulent plant-type pot thing on the other. I have this new collection of books that I'm reading, and I just thought he'd look good on this new shelf I built. You can't see the other shelves because they're out of frame but I'm gonna switch this dude out with the one you see and put him on the other shelf with my favorite books. Books. She reads. For fun. I handed the figure back to her and grabbed her phone instead. What are you reading? I begin. A and J are admiring their posters and figures in the front seat. After we finish our exchange, the question then inevitably turned to okay, it's like. Noonish. What do y'all want to eat? Predictably, we all were noncommittal, so A searched nearby spots and we decided on hawkers. We prepared ourselves for the incoming that's a stop sign type of ride we were about to partake on as we headed from the fairgrounds to where the restaurant was. I had been telling A and J about Five Points slash Riverside for as long as I can remember. I don't know about the people there but whenever I drive by, go for a jog there or just visit the area it's so different from the rest of Jack's that I truly enjoy it. Being able to visit there again under the pretense of great food and good people with this new mystery person somehow made it all better. While we drove to the fairgrounds, Kay was head navigator during the rough seas. She knew downtown and where to go surprisingly well. But when we navigated out and entered five points, it was my time to shine. I pointed out all the local spots, where the park is, what I did and how the place was there for me after some serious traumatic events that I went through etc. Twas nice. We found the perfect parking spot although we had to do some very creative driving to get it. Pissed off this lifted truck behind us, but we knew he'd pay the price at the pump later so it was still high spirits and good vibes between us. We did our little ritual of trying to hide my iPad mini and other recently acquired valuables in the backseat as we left the car. We walked into Hawker's and put our name down. Asked about the restroom situation since we needed to go and found out that the women's restroom was out of service. Therefore, there was a line at the men's room that included women. This dude walked up and tried to get into the room while this waiting lady told him that the room was essentially gender neutral now and he would have to wait like everyone else. He started throwing a caveman flavored hissy fit because sign on door looked like me, man, you know man, you know go so the four of us immediately left to creatively use our 15 to 20 minutes table wait to find a more peaceful restroom. We walked outside and it was so 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 windy. As we walked down the street, all of us shivering and bundled up, I told them about my visits to Crane Ramen, the theater, small antique stores and shops, 
my favorite pizza place and the infamous Five Points intersection which we successfully crossed to get to the over-corporate ass-looking Wendy's to use their restroom. Right as we are about to walk in, we get the text that our table at Hawker's is ready. While we're at a Wendy's. We rush back after using the restrooms and finally sit to start lunch. We go with lightly fried parada bread and curry dips, steamed bouse, ramen choices and dumplings. We sit at the back corner with a window view into the street on one side, Japanese wall neon light slash decoration slash fixings on the other. In short, Japan Cyberpunk 2022 vibes, sheltered from the windy cold of the outside. This of course, led me to divulge that I was leaving them behind for a Washington DC trip that was long overdue and was glad to spend a day with them before I did. A told me about her hindrances about travel plans but wanting to go to Japan someday. I asked if they had an aquarium to which I got no actionable intelligence. Kay piped up with how she wanted to go to Japan also and I found myself listening to her reasons a little more intently. Jay was next to me, glad that he could try the next sake down the menu list and compare it to the pineapple cucumber one he had last time. We all half enjoyed the meal as we did last time while making fake travel plans to our most wished for destinations. Kay found comfort in the same type of places that I did, Jay and A chimed in with hilarious scenarios about how expensive their kimonos would cost, whether we should all just move and not look back and how they'd have to find all the best burger places there similar to how difficult it is to find a good ramen place here. We decided to split the bill and got even more boxes for food that we would eventually take home. As we piled out, I saw the look on A's face which very clearly told me that she wasn't ready to end the day slash go home yet. I looked at Jay's face and he was trying very hard not to let the sake take an effect on him. As we got back in the car, we found it was a little bit of a struggle for Kay and I to fit in the back seat with all the new passengers. The new passengers of course being the merch bought from the convention, the food boxes from Kiki's and now of course, their newest friends from Hawker's. To compound on top of this, Kay was so enamored with the figure she bought from the convention that she pulled it out to admire it again. I asked from the front about what we should do next. Jay turned around to look at me, I turned to look at Kay and she turned to look at me. Without shifting her gaze from me, still holding the figure she said, we should go to the bookstore. I can only assume that A and Jay started googling nearby bookstores because by the time Kay looked away, we were already moving. Since we were in the area anyhow, the nearest place they found on the map said it was close to a public library. Kay confirmed that the public library was exactly where we should go, albeit that's because there's a Chamblin's book mean next to it which is where we needed to be. She also added that it was next to a museum of some sort called Mocha which I might have heard of, but never visited or saw since I left downtown in 2017. My head is spinning at this point because the day has taken a very wild turn. We started with prepping for anime conventions and delving heavy into that life and now we're headed for absolute S-class first date locations. Anyway, someone types museum into the GPS and Siri announces that we have arrived at our location after a few twists and turns. Oops. This isn't the mocha at all, nor are we strictly downtown. This is the Cummer Museum and we're basically around the corner from Riverside. Needless to say, I am beyond thrilled that A and J are even in the vicinity of a museum so I tell them how much I love this place and how gorgeous it all is and that we should park for free across the street and go in. Kay is very enthusiastically agreeing with me. A parks, we all do our protective value balls ritual again and head across the street to the tall, heavy glass doors to enter the Cummer. As we walk in, the front desk is very courteous to ask us if any of us are in school, armed forces and or whatever the last group is. I never heard because the moment she said in school I became Hermione and was like this is my moment. Paid the entry fee, got our stickers and walked around the museum for what felt like hours. 
Took a little bit to get A and J warmed up to the exhibits and the displays but there was a comfortable balance between roasting absolutely ridiculous interpretations versus understanding historical significance of said art pieces that I think we all enjoyed. At some point K and I went off on our own and had some verbal sparring about what we liked slash disliked about each piece, what it meant to the person who composed slash created it and whether or not it deserved to go in our future homes as a centerpiece or wall decoration. J and A found us shortly and we continued looking through the exhibits and found a myriad of stuff to comment on, take things in short paces after a very cold and eventful trip in the morning. We made our way outside to the three gardens that looked upon the river and the bridge and I can't stress to you how beautiful the day was. There's this huge silver art piece composed of metal bars placed upon the upper balconies of the garden. We took some pictures, just randomly fell and lay under the tree on the grass beds, smelled the flowers that were blooming. I hadn't felt like this in literally decades. Just talking as we lay on our backs, I found out some more about Kay, I told us about how we should all have fountains and those arched hedges in our backyards, Jay asked me if I would be happy to find a woman who enjoyed the stuff we were doing today. It was all so beautifully surreal. Eventually the security guard slash museum curator person found us and said that the whole thing was closing around 15 minutes, which we thought to mean 4pm. We got up, brushed ourselves off and took some last minute pictures of this beautiful, massive oak tree that seemed to be older than Jacksonville itself. Walked into slash through one last exhibit in the gift shop where, once again, I noticed Kay headed straight for the books. There were smaller replicas of the silver structure we saw in the garden. A had mentioned that she wanted that exact thing in her own backyard since her whole vibe is artistic and abstract gray and silver things. I picked up the replica and saw the $450 price tag on the bottom of it and almost immediately, as if in pain, gingerly put it down as I grabbed Kay and we left the museum. As we walked across the street back to the Happy Mobile, my watch notified me that I had gotten my calories burned, hours stood, exercise minutes all completed for the day. Could this day get any more perfect? Kua asking us after we situated ourselves again in the cramped, close quarters backseat again about where the actual bookstore was instead of the fake news media that I was trying to promote, Kay laughed and said it was still close by. We headed back downtown and I told Jay about where I used to work, how JJ and I were probably staring at each other during the Everbank fire drills and yet had no clue we were related until many years later, the courthouse, the streets, the art that they commissioned to be on the Skyway pillars and decrepit buildings to bring some color to the area. Told them where I used to park in the garage, how we'd walk past the Greyhound bus station, all the small food stores and eccentricities of dealing with the homeless, some pompous corporate asshole or both and we finally got to Hemming Plaza and taught A how to parallel park. Eight minutes later, we gave her the got it first try certificate and did our ritual again. I should say that one of the reasons Kay and I got A to even agree to go to Chamblin's book mean was the offer of the cafe in front where they served coffee, which A admittedly said she needed or she was going to die. So as we're boasting about how great the coffee is, how amazingly labyrinthian the bookstore is and how we'd go broke if someone didn't stop us from buying books, we see someone who works there step out, lock the door, check that it's closed and head across the street to her car. Kay and I look at each other for a brief second before I rush in and recheck the door. They had closed five minutes ago. Jay looks at me and glances at his wife who looks like her bal oon just popped and I know it's not because of the books. She looks kinda stunned and I'm like okay, this is a minor setback, we can still get you the coffee, I promise. She doesn't believe me and she was right because the cafe was also closed. Sadness. Shortly thereafter, we decide that we need to find a Bucky's. That's what I call Starbucks because Kevin Hart says it that way, but only after we visit Mocha which was like. Three steps in front of us. I look at the banner and it's basically screaming UNF 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 so I steal myself and step inside. The front dude looks at us and says welcome to Mocha, 
This is a museum, we're closing in like 15 minutes so if you guys have $20 between the four of you, feel free to traverse all three floors and take a look. I throw a $20 bill as fast as I can to Mr. Plexiglass and K and I run towards the exhibit stairs to get a head start. I imagine J and A are supporting each other during their sake-slash-coffee crisis somewhere behind us as we come upon this huge, multi-story art piece with red-threaded ropes hanging down to a cascading collection of handwritten letters to Charlotte about war, love, absence and trust. Hundreds of letters, even more threads and the closer you look, the more you see. We do a couple rounds and as we climb the stairs per floor to each of the exhibit flavors, the backdrop of that fixture is constantly there. The art and galleries ranged from historic homages to more modern melancholy while some were so out there, abstractly, that none of us could make sense of why it existed. But you can't deny some of the beauty and emotion that you got looking at the stuff, it was very tonal in the best way. So basically after speedrunning the exhibits and A being really infatuated with the red letter piece, we got our pictures and decided to head homeward bound back to Bucky's. Needless to say, me not being satisfied with time itself refusing Kay's request to go see some books, suggested we go to Barnes & Noble's in town center as a happy medium to get both coffee and books. Earlier, when I started the convo about what Kay was reading, she happily told me the type of books she read, why she thought certain people shied away from certain topics, her favorite authors, eras, writing styles and titles. She mentioned an author called Hanya Yanagihara and immediately I understood why A wasn't exactly vibing with Kay for most things. Whatever though, I wasn't ready for any of this to end yet so as we neared town center, Kay suggested stopping by Second and Charles. Confused me at first because that's a nerdy nerd store if ever I'd seen one. All sorts of anime stuff, Funko Pops, manga novels and visual placation for people who are into it. We walked in and Kay led A and J around on all the stuff they'd like to see and got them invested on the right side of the store with the stuff I mentioned before. Then she took me to the left side of the store where it was shelf after shelf of books and literary goodness. We went down every aisle and talked about authors we recognized, series that each of us absolutely have to read, best movie adaptations and what we imagine the soundtrack of our favorite books to be like. We hunted for the book that she recommended but the sorting of the store was so abysmal that A and J caught up to us as we neared the last row. Apparently whatever spell K cast on A had worn off because she wanted coffee again so now we were defo headed to Barnes and Nobles. Once again, my ghast was flabbered as how anxious I had been for the day and how uncomfortably beautiful the day had turned out. Was turning out. Back in the car, smushing, pushing, ever closer still. Short journey to the irreverent bookstore. Parking was a pain, so we circled around a few times before we found an old couple behind Dillard's who took an alarming amount of time to back out of the spot. Shout out to a millennial worker from Cheesecake Factory who was so upset about whatever happened to her right before she left that the speed at which she evacuated the parking spot seemed to leave smoke trails. Same car exit ritual and we were in that wind tunnel between Cheesecake and the building next to it headed to the bookstore. We entered and Kay bounded off towards the books. I almost followed her until Jay grabbed my arm and the remaining three of us determinedly took our spot in the Bucky's line inside. I don't think I've seen so many people in one place that they didn't pay to enter in years. It reminded me of Christmas in New York, growing up as a kid holding a plastic hanger, pretending it was a gun as I searched for an invisible enemy between the racks of clothes while Amu or whomever was buying winter coats and stuff in another section. People everywhere, bundled up, talking, laughing all trying to warm up on a stress-free, happy Saturday night. A snapped me back to reality. S, what do you want? She asked. Grand hot chocolate, I said before she even finished her question. Jay what do you want? I have no idea, the thing you always order for me with the java chips. 
a nods and lists off this complicated spell of ingredients and instructions that would have easily given 20 points to Ravenclaw to the barista. Jay's grip on my arm lightened after the order went through and I disappeared like Batman immediately. Found Kay on the floor by the fiction section and called out did you find it? She replied that she hadn't and bemoaned that it should be right where she was looking. Needless to say, it wasn't so we resolved to go ask the librarian or whatever you call them about locating said book. The librarian, I will continue to call her that, don't try to stop me, led us on a merry chase looking at first for the genre, and then the title and finally the last name of the author before coming to a random book section and, what seemed like magic, pulling up a book that we did not even see was there. Kay literally jumped for joy and librarian disappeared almost immediately like Catwoman. She handed the book to me and said, this is the one. Also somewhat magically, when she handed me my book to be, I noticed she was holding two books of her own. I asked, where the hell did those come from and she told me that she grabbed them as we were on our return trip to where the actual book was. One of them was my favorite book, which she apparently remembered and was now buying for herself. Now, we needed to find our legal chaperones and get our beverages. I correctly predicted that we'd find J and A in the toys section and while we headed there, there was one more section that Kay stopped at, picked up another book and looked at the price and put it back down. I asked her about it and she said that it was the first book by the author that she had wanted to read for a while but couldn't find it. But she would finish these books first and then come back for it. I agreed with her, said it was a good idea. We both knew how books can pile up for people like us. She headed towards the others and I grabbed the book and hid it under my own. When we roll up on the goons, A and J are halfway done drinking their beverages and hand me mine. I immediately drink it because I am five years old and burn the tip of my tongue. I try to stop crying to save face but it is too late. K and A are on the ground cracking up and J is staring hard at me like I held that for three minutes burning my hands off for you and this is how you repay me. By being an idiot. I asks J to buy her a Lego set of weird looking flowers called the Botanical Collection which is $60. J refuses. A says okay, then how about that Harry Potter set for $250? J starts walking towards the exit. K and I console A and we all head towards the checkout. I pull out my secret book and pay for it while Kay is checking out her own books. My cashier looks at the book Kay recommended me to read and says I hope you're ready for what that is, to which I say I've been warned but. Is it really all that? And she goes you'll have to read to find out but. Wow, it's definitely more than most are ready for. And I'm like. What planet is Kay from? How does someone like this just magically show up on the most obnoxious of days and change it to what it is now? It's unbelievable. Just as I Apple Pay check out and the kind cashier bags up the books for me, K and A roll up behind me and we're all ready to go. I thank her and we head back out into the astounding cold. Sun has gone by now and it's nighttime at the town center. I pull out the book I got for her and I put it into her bag, grab both bags and hold them. A now wants to go to the Lego store, Jay bemoans that it's cold AF and we will literally die while also reassuring that we are not going to buy anything if we do go. A, K and I look at each other and then we start walking towards the Lego store. We laugh as Jay runs to catch up after attempting to hold his ground for about 12 seconds. We turn the corner past California Pizza Kitchen, reminisce about the first time I saw Jay drunk at the place, the last friend we had recently lost who ate with us there who hated mushrooms so much that seeing the guy get his order with them across the table made him sick, walked in front of Victoria's Secret where I brought up that they were closing their stores in Russia so there was a massive line for people to get lace underwear and lingerie during these trying times, we got accosted by this group of actual villain-looking people trying to show off the Samsung flip phones from the back of a black, branded, van. 
We pass by the stores, finally getting to the Lego store and A immediately finds a Disney Cinderella Lego set for about $20 for her niece's birthday party coming up end of March. We debate if a three-year-old needs Legos, so she decides to text her sister to find out. J. K. and S. peruse the rest of the store. We find the Harry Potter Hedwig thing actually built and put on display. It comes with Harry's wand, his glasses, books serving as a stand, small little potion bottles and chocolate frog with a Dumbledore card. Picture will be attached in some fashion slash capacity, I'm sure. We find the Colosseum Lego set, which no one believes when I say that it has the most pieces in Lego set history till I prove it to them. They compare it to the Millennium Falcon set which is massive to look at, and yet still has a lower count. I stand up a little straighter. A rejoins us with the $20 Lego set in hand and says it will be a great birthday gift for the little baby. We all agree. We turn over the bonsai tree Lego set that A would have resigned to after saying no to the flower vase Lego set and find out you can switch the green leaves to pink cherry blossoms. Suddenly Jay is willing to buy it and it's even $10 less than the one at Barnes and Nobles. Having Jay finally agree to the purchase, A immediately says she's okay without it and would much rather spend that money on something more functional like Funko Pops or Nendoroids. We chuckle and head to the checkout. I find a small basket of Lego bags near the register and Jay pulls out a small bag that has a built train engine on the front of it. Without saying a word to each other, I know he's hinting at me to buy that for my friend who loves trains that I'm going to Richmond to see soon. I grab it and ask the cashier person how much it is. They think for a second and say it's $4.99. I nearly break my wrist trying to pay for it immediately with my watch. Turns out you need to scan the thing first and then Apple Pay. I just hope we fix these small roadblocks to happiness by 2040. Anyway, with even more bags and happiness in hand, the four of us leave the Lego store and head back to the Happy Mobile. The wind is very nearly tropical depression speeds now, and we laugh, cry and shriek on our run to the parking lot. We get in, laugh at each other for both the temperatures and general silliness. A asks us where we should eat dinner and we all decide on something quick slash fast to go home so K can show me a few episodes of this anime that they all really love. Now when J and A have tried to get me to watch these animes or whatever you call them, I usually deny it because part of me feels like I'm better than enjoying emotion simulators or sometimes I genuinely don't have the time. Hearing K's take on it was so akin to how passionate I get about the stuff I try to get others to watch though. I had very little defense against her at this point. We agree to do the Freddy's drive through and of course they mess up our order. It might have helped if we focused on the menu instead of roasting and having the time of our lives in the car just thinking about memes and weird dichotomies of stuff we share, whether anime was better dubbed or subbed, what a true weebo meant and why true realization comes from being a symptom of circumstance, not the sum of intended effects. But that's all part of what it was. We grab our food and A speeds home, finally ready to tone down after the happenings of the day. 7.50pm. We park, somehow trying to grab everything we loaded the car with throughout the day. Posters, figures, food boxes, drinks, bottles, keys, books, Lego sets, hoodies, bags, iPads. We lay out everything on the countertop and we debate for a while about whether to start me off with a worse anime or just go for the gold with Demon Slayer. We scarf down our sandwiches and patty burgers and we all cozy up on the beautiful, majestic couch that I must have somehow pleased during my years alive because it's been so good to me. I sat in the leftmost corner with the armrest and the remote, followed to her right by Kay then me and Jay on my right. Dogson automatically cuddled up between Kay and I, Catboy was above all of this and hid in his cat tower looking at us with judgmental eyes. Jay reminded us all that their AC and heat were out, so it was blanket time while the lights went out and the anime started. 
This is an episode that K has apparently seen more than 20 times and of course, J and A have seen this before as well. There's something strange about being on the receiving end of someone caring about you having an experience that I was kinda new to. The first episode went by very quickly. Me, not wanting to disappoint anyone on the couch, nor the couch itself, did everything I could to ingest the episode with as much analytic and aesthetic vigor as possible. Needless to say, I was very impressed. A, of course, immediately tried to go to the next episode while Kay forced her to pause it and ask me what I thought, intently listening, and having very subtle twitches when she held back responses to my theories and predictions about where the show was headed. I commented on the high points of what I deemed was noteworthy and finally listed off some characteristics I figured would be important to keep in mind as I kept watching the show. All I can say is, if you ever know the feeling of watching someone's face confirm that you just said the right thing, it's one that's very hard to forget. We watched the next episode after I leaned back into the couch. 24 minutes flew by again. Soon after it ended, Kay said that it was getting late and that she should be going home, to which I also parroted even though I honestly didn't want the night to end. She and I both got up and A turned the lights back on. We made sure that Kay had all of her purchases and stuff. Had almost everything but couldn't find her keys. I remembered where I saw them this morning and handed them to her. She thanked me for the day, the book, the chance to see the show and told me to let her know what I thought of the book. I asked her to do the same and she made me promise to reach out before finishing the Demon Slayer series because we needed to watch the final movie slash season together. Jay walked her to the door as I walked back to my own belongings close to the countertop. One last look and she was gone. Jay came back in and A started cleaning up the general location after I insisted that I needed to leave too. 9.24pm when I realized it was almost spring forward time. Naturally we started talking and discussing things and by the time we were at a place where I absolutely insisted on getting the hell out of there, it was 11.40pm. A few smiles, hugs, doggo pats and catboy scritches later, I was back outside on their driveway, genuinely struggling to open my car door. Was it because I was so emotional? No. It was because it was so cold that it felt like my door was frozen to the car. I pried it open, put on music that I talked about with Kay earlier and drove the 40 plus minutes home again to dark highway pavement, rhythmic street lights and soft thoughts about where we've been and where we're going. I pull up to my home, open the door to the dark, empty abode and head to my room quietly. I drop all the bags and iPad and everything on the floor, exactly as I carried them in after putting my keys down. I lay down and closed my eyes. I choose not to look at the clock or my watch because it was a Saturday when I was last here. A Saturday that I unknowingly dreaded and a Saturday that I was so anxiously upended about that I found a way to almost miss out on what it actually ended up being. After all of it, I didn't want Saturday to leave. I found Saturday to be so emotionally and intellectually exhilarating, so comforting and refreshing, so beautifully poignant and perspicacious, so hauntingly kind in a perfectly sunny and cold way, drab and distant, burning and loving. I fell in love with Saturday. May we remember our Saturdays forever. Samin F.